There was supposed to be baseball today. There is not. Uh, the Guardians have a situation with COVID. We'll get into it on the show. We'll also take advantage of this time to talk about the team, where they stand, what has gone well, what has not gone well. Kind of a take, you know, take everything and distill it down on today's episode of Locked On Guardians. <laughs> You are Locked On Guardians, your daily podcast on the Cleveland Guardians, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Sorry, <laughs> delayed there. I am Jeff Ellis, host of Locked On Guardians. Uh, want to thank you for making Lockdown Guardians your first listen today and every day, wherever it is that you get podcasts. So let's just let's read the official press release uh, that I got today. I'm following multiple positive COVID tests within the Cleveland Gardens organization. This afternoon's road game today versus the Chicago White Sox at Guaranteed Rate Field has been postponed to allow for continued testing and contract tracing. Major League Baseball will provide a rescheduling update when it comes available. Like I said, that was about nine hours ago. No update since then. Well, we don't know how many. Oh, we know Terry Francona uh, tested positive, and that's not a good thing because, first and foremost, he is an extreme high-risk individual. Uh, hopefully, he's been vaccinated. Uh, sorry if saying those words triggered you out there. I know some people are like the opposite of that view, but especially for someone in his condition, I think it makes a lot of sense for him to have been vaccinated to be safe, and I believe he had been. I think he's been on record as stating that. We don't know how many. Like They said they wouldn't have had enough coaches for the game today. So multiple coaches are down. Uh, we don't know about players. Ugh. I mean, this is why we, if you're a player, you still need to be a little bit careful, right? Like your team and your livelihood, this is going to put them in a rough stretch late in the season. Uh, you you still have to, it's not gone away. You know, it, even if people are showing symptoms, they get tested and it's a mini breakout. And now... We'll see how many players um, end up on the COVID list. We'll see how many you know managerial staff and coaches. We'll see what they do. Right now, like I said, it's a complete holding pattern for this team. Uh, everyone's doing the best they can, but it's limited information. Um, if anything comes out during the podcast, I will, of course, report it. But, yeah, there's not been much from the Guardians since the initial announcement around 1.30 uh, this afternoon. Like I said, it's it's a holding pattern. It is a see what happens. We'll see if they get their uh, the next series on on. on. <laughs> see if they get the next series in, um, or if it's going to be more than one game missed, uh, which is conceivable. Because let's see, they were supposed to face the White Sox today, and then have the off day Thursday. I believe that was a scheduled off day, and then it was Minnesota for three Monday off, two against Cincinnati. Thursday off, man, Connor Overton is, is in the big leagues. I remember scouting him when he was a draft prospect. But, I mean, this Minnesota series, uh, it, we'll see if it happens. You know, they do have a little bit of an extra, uh, you know, some space in there with the Wednesday-Thursday off now. Uh, but, again, I'm very curious to see, can they be healthy enough as a team? Or is this going to be one of those things where they end up uh, not, you know, n- not being just one or two games. Like th- this could be, 
could be a big deal because we don't know how bad the outbreak is. We don't know how many players and coaches are down. We don't know where this team stands, and we're all waiting on information. I'm sitting here. I didn't do a lockdown now on it, even though it is breaking news, just because I was waiting to see more information, and more information just never came. So I'm kind of in the same spot as everyone else of, like, I wish I had something more I could tell you or add. I don't have anything. I have, I know what you know. There's been no additional press releases. There's not even been, like... um things it's not even like i've gotten an email update where sometimes it's like okay this part is not to be shared i don't have that they are working right now uh the guardians in terms of just trying to figure out the contract tracing everything else and it leads me to believe that after nine hours with no additional information that it might be a bigger outbreak than any of us are expecting that this might be something where it's going to be multiple games um pushed back to a later date if it was a short simple thing I think after nine hours, there'd be a second press release. The fact that we're sitting here nine hours later with no additional information leads me to think that, like, this is more than just, like, not having enough coaches. Maybe I'm wrong. Maybe it's my natural negativity to just naturally jump up and be like, uh, does this mean that uh, we're going to miss quite a few games? But, again, I think if it was a smaller grouping, if it was just a set group of coaches or something like that, it would not be nine hours later with the same information. We're going to take an early break in the show today. Kind of sums up the the whole COVID situation with the team of, hey, I wish I had more to tell you. I don't. It's a little bit concerning that we don't. Uh, We're going to take that break right here on the show. We're going to come back and just kind of talk about where the Guardians stand at this point in the season. Let's take a moment and talk about Athletic Greens. Now, Athletic Greens, the first thing I'm going to tell you about is when I got the box from them, it was impressive. It comes in a really nice set. Uh... My pro tip for you is the Athletic Greens themselves need to be refrigerated. It comes in this beautiful tin and this beautiful scoop, and I didn't know it needed to be refrigerated. So while I enjoyed the product for the first two weeks I had it, I then uh, accidentally I wasn't keeping it in its best shape. I wasn't keeping it how it needed to be. But I still kept all of it because it's really nice what it comes in. Right now, I'm using it as a coffee container because here's the thing with it. like all the parts, You can just look at all the parts and pieces that come with Athletic Greens. Maybe this isn't necessarily what they what they expect you to talk about, but it's like, it's all first class. This is all things that no matter what happens after you try this product, you're going to keep the water bottle. I did. You're going to keep the tin. You're going to keep the scoop. It's all quality. And that's also speaks to like the quality of their product. They want us around quality with quality. Everything in there is nice. It looks nice. It comes nice. Again, I'm someone who likes, you know, green teas. I like kind of that earthy taste. And that's what made uh, Athletic Greens perfect for me. I really like trying it out. Uh, there's, you know, we all, I'm 40, multivitamins are becoming a greater part of my life. And there's a little bit of a citrus taste to that loamy earth's taste that good. Like I said, for me, I like that taste. I like a good green tea. I like a matcha powder. I like things like that. If that is for you, then there's going to be no better way to get, (coughs) excuse me, your vitamins than through athletic greens. Remember to check it out for yourself. And to make it easy, athletic greens is going to give you a free one year supply of immuno supporting vitamin d and five free travel packets with your first purchase all you have to do is visit athleticgreens.com backslash mlb network again that is athleticgreens.com backslash mlb network to take advantage of to take ownership over your health and pick up the ultimate daily nutritional insurance so right now at this point in the season uh, the guardians are 500 they're 30 games in like if i did some quick math it's a little less than 20 percent of the way into the season what is my general view on this team. I think it's actually a more positive view than it was before the year began. 
Uh, if you told me before the year began that they'd have four players at this point in the season with a war over one, I'd be like, four just batters. I'd have been like, really? Did they make a trade? I, mean, I would have immediately been like, Jose Ramirez and Fran Mo Reyes. And then after that, I would have probably guessed Miles Straw. And after that, I probably would have still guessed Ahmed Rosario. Well, no, because his defense would have held him back. Uh, I'm not sure who I would have even guessed is that fourth hitter, honestly. Uh, I probably would have guessed Stephen Kwan, just based on what he'd done in the minors. Uh, now, here's the thing. I got one of those right. Andres Jimenez, I talked about you know a lot at the start of the year. I will say, when you just look at the raw numbers... I'm a little bit concerned about the 2.4% walk rate. Like, you want to see a sign that a player's probably in a, in a 400 bat pip. I know I'm the driver of this Andres Jimenez bandwagon. The defensive value is there. You know, he's hitting... Uh, the 162 runs created plus is going to drop. He's probably going to be closer to a 100 runs created plus. He's going to go through a brutal stretch at some point. It's going. He's going to regress to mean because the bat pip's unsustainable. The walk rate is unsustainable. I still think he's going to be good. I still think he's going to be above average, but like that's you know that screams out. Now you come down to the third player on this team in war after Jose Ramirez and Andres Jimenez. It's Owen Miller, and yes, unsustainable bat pip. His batting average is in line to drop by almost a hundred points at some point in time. Uh, you know he's hitting three thirty three. The on base is four hundred, but he is walking at a good rate. Like the bat pip might drop, but he still has the walk. You know the walk percentage. He has the power, the extra bases. Uh, it's only the three home runs, but he's got, what, 10 doubles? Uh, his defensive ratings are what's hurting him. He'd probably have a higher war than Jimenez, but his defense is net negative for him. And then fourth is Josh Naylor. Uh, again, the 3.9% walk rate is a little concerning. The 3.45 bat pip. That's the thing. This team is... Uh, Jose Ramirez has been a little unlucky with bat pip. The rest of this team has been very lucky. Like there, There's some regression to mean coming. But Naylor has been, he's got uh, five home runs, three in the last nine and a half innings or something like that. You know, not in the last nine and a half, but you get my point. Uh, Last two games. He has been, he's looked great. Now, again, regression is likely incoming. But how much regression with him, uh, his bat pip is only... I don't know, 60 points above average, which you knock it down off his batting average. It's like, okay, then he's in the 270s. If he can still keep a lot of his other numbers higher, that's totally acceptable. No, that's, yeah, no, that's right with Naylor. Because the slugging's at 611. If he can keep that up, then that'll work. That'll play for him. Miles Straw's at a .8. He's close. Stephen Kwan's at a .7, and he missed those games. If he had been healthy the whole time, uh, he might not have, or he might be over one as well. Uh, Rosario's at a point one, Clement's at a point one, Luke Maley's at a point three. Then you come down the other end. Bobby Bradley and Fran Mill at negative point four. Uh, Gabriel Arias, negative point three. Chang, Lavastida, all negative point ones uh, on this team. And then there's quite a few guys who are just zeros. That's mostly your pitchers. I don't think that's anyone who actually come to the plate uh, and performed. So... Really, when you look at the team where they are, when I was counting on Fran Mill, like the, the immediately if I'm like guys over one war, Fran Mill's two. Like he's the number two player I'm mentioning this offseason. The fact that he has been, you know, the biggest negative war, he has the biggest negative contribution, that uh, it's kind of amazing this team is where they are right now. Continuing on to the pitching staff. 
Okay, so it's Mackenzie, Bieber, but tied with Bieber in third highest war, Trevor Steffen. Now, that would have been another shocker. Uh, fourth Quantrell, tied with Sam Henches, which means you got Class A at six, who's tied with Connor Pilkington. Like, that's it's interesting. Uh, worst war on the team, uh, Nick Sandlin's tied with Fran Reyes, who talked about some of his struggles. Uh Tanner Tully, who had that two-inning appearance. Uh, Anthony Castro, who's been kind of like their up-and-down pitcher. Kirk McCarty, who had one appearance. Then Anthony Ghost all have negative wars as well. I think really the takeaway looking at this pitching staff is, one, the starting pitching has been worse than expected. And even if we go through and you look at something like FIP, because, uh, again, you want to look at FIP and not XFIP, because, okay, we'll take our moment here and explain the difference. XFIP normalizes home run rates for everyone. I don't like it for that reason. Some people think it's a better indicator. I don't think, I think there are pitchers that are more prone to the long ball. I I think that you don't want to normalize rates. FIP is better, in my opinion. So you have McKenzie and Bieber with solid FIPs. Quantrell, like he was never, he he, he didn't have a great FIP a year ago. But again, I still think he is a solid, useful back to mid type of arm. Uh, Savale, it's been rough. Plesak, it's been rough. They're kind of equal-ish in terms of FIP, like 0.12 separation between them. Uh, the starting rotation is, we, you know, we talked about all the prospects that are on the cusp. So, the starting rotation doesn't have, I mean, outside of the fact that Bieber is very likely, if he can pitch remotely well, a trade candidate this offseason because of how he's nearing free agency and they've never been close in extension conversations they're going to need some arms because right now it's, you know, McKenzie is the ace. Bieber, we're expecting a rebound at some point. He's been too good over multiple seasons for him to just fall apart. And then we don't know about the other three spots. Now, the positive side of this all is, I mean, I I spent all offseason talking about the hidden need of the bullpen, how the bullpen in and of itself was not going to be good. Well, with what Henches and Trevor Steffen have done, uh, is they've completely solidified this bullpen. Uh, Class A, and you know those being your top three arms. Brian Shaw, he's surviving with smoke and mirrors, and it's going to fall apart. You know, I'm sure you've seen the baseball savant data for him that's all dark blue. I don't know what you're going to do. He currently leads this team in games. Him and Class A are tied at 14 with Stefan at 13. Again, remember that uh, at some point... <laughs> Front office, they would never call it out and be like, let's let's not lean on him. But his bonus is based on games appeared in, so it's it's working out well for Shaw. Uh, but his FIP is actually not bad. It's a three four eight. But FIP doesn't look at all that additional data that you get in baseball spot. It's not looking at the spin rate. It's not looking at movement. It's not looking at chase rate. It's not looking at a lot of that data that helps show that uh, he's kind of a ticking tom time bomb waiting to uh, explode. We will see, but I mean, even if, if Shaw turns into a pumpkin, what we've seen with Stefan Henches in Class A has to make you feel great. Uh, Miklo Jack, I've talked about many times on the show, is right around the corner. And if Sandlin can figure it out, I mean, Sandlin was supposed to be the eighth inning guy. Imagine if Karen Shock could get, come back at 90% of what he was before the sticky stuff. If he could be 90% of what he was and you add him to this mix, I mean, if he could come back at 100%, imagine that bullpen, right? So... Your starter goes five. Uh, you got Henches to come in in the sixth, Stefan in the seventh, Karen Chalk in the eighth, Class A in the ninth. Good night. 
mean, that's a bullpen that turns you... It, that is a bullpen that can take a team to a World Series once you make the postseason. That is a bullpen that is reminiscent of when this team made the World Series, thanks to the pitchers in the pen. Now, they have a lot to do to get to the World Series. A lot of roster improvements. You need the pitching to hold up more. Right now, again, they're a 500 team. Uh, so I'm getting ahead of myself. But the bullpen is an exciting part of this team. It went from something I thought for sure needed upgrades to it's looking good. There is young arms on the way. Cody Morris, I didn't even mention there, and he's probably going to get in the pen at some point this year. Carlos Vargas, two-pitch guy. Uh, you know He'll pitch in the pen at some point this year. They have a lot of interesting players who are going to end up uh, appearing in what is already one of the strengths of this team. Now, caveat time. A year ago at this time, I said the exact same thing. I sat here and talked about, wow, look at this bullpen. The bullpen is the strength of this team. It's the best part of this team. You got Class A and Karen Chalk is the best one-two punch in baseball. Brian Shaw is missing bats uh, at a rate he's never done before. Sure, he's walking at a rate he's never done before. But he's, he's found a fountain of youth. Um, trying to think, you know, some other players I got overly overly zealous and excited about. Probably, un, don't, not just probably, definitely unduly. Uh, and it all came crashing down, and the bullpen went from the best in baseball. I wasn't alone in that. You could have found some articles written in the early goings through about June about how it was the best bullpen in baseball to one of the worst. So we'll see if everyone can hold it up. Again, especially with the relievers, it's a small sample size this early. I mean, a whole reliever season is an extremely small sample size, if we're being honest. So we'll have to see. But it, it's positive growth. It looks for a lot of these players uh, legitimate. And that's going to be one of those things that <laughs> when you look at this team um, – does do they consider a trade and by that do i mean like anaheim's beat up well why don't we why don't we talk some trades in segment three we'll we'll come back in segment three talk a little bit about what's going on in anaheim talk about their their various issues and uh talk about potential trade ideas all on today's episode of lockdown guardians we'll also talk some catcher trades because again i think Shroom, I appreciate the uh, the optimism, but I still think that is a big need. Uh, I still think, you know, we'll, and we'll talk about uh, lineup optimization as well because of why, where I think this team should legitimately look to, like, package multiple pieces to find an upgrade. And our sponsor today is Bet Online. I was hoping it was Built Bar. No knock on Bet Online. I do want to say I got my granola bars. They're delicious. Get them before they go away. Uh, back. To the actual sponsor of Bet Online, but I always want to look out. <coughs> Sorry uh, about the coughing on today's show. I don't have a cough button. Uh, I want to talk about the actual sponsor today of Built Bar, but I also like to look out for the listener. I like to look out and make sure I'm giving you good information, uh, pointing you in the right direction, all of that fun stuff. And we talked about Bet Online is. Uh, so I've got my ad read, and I'll read it. But I've also, you know, started to look at things because I can't, you know, I get an update when a baseball game ends and it tells you the stat line. It tells you if they cover it. it you, that's just part of the game now. So I'm slowly learning things. And what I've kind of learned is I feel like Bet Online is giving you a little bit better odds in other places. I feel like you benefit by going to Bet Online because you get better chances to win. It's not always the case. 
but go check for yourself over at Bet Online, and they continue to be the number one source for all of your betting needs and sports info. Find all the latest odds, news, and sports developments, including this year's basketball playoffs, Major League Baseball scores, fights, and even next season's NFL futures. Bet Online is your continued source for all sports wagering information, from live betting to playoffs, esports, and more. Head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more about the trends in action. Bet Online, where the game starts. So let's look at this Guardians team. Let's talk about first lineup optimization. If I'm this team, I keep strong center field batting leadoff. Uh, I'm going to put Jose Ramirez in the two hole because the two hole should be your best hitter on the team. And I know there's going to be people who disagree with that. Old school approach is he should be three. I put him two, and I have him as, you know, obviously your third baseman. Uh, third in the lineup. Right now, I lean towards Owen Miller. And I have Owen Miller playing second base. I want him playing second base. I want him hitting third in my lineup. Uh, four, right now, I lean towards Josh Naylor, and I want him, and I want, no, change that. Owen Miller, I want at first base. I want Naylor in right field hitting fourth. Fifth, right now, in this moment, I lean Jimenez over Franmil. Could change, but. Personally, I think, you know, baseball is a streaky game. When you got a hat bat, you ride it. He gets more opportunities. Have him at shortstop. Have him batting fifth. It also allows you to actually change that. Fran Mill five. Him and S six. Balances the righty-lefty of it all. Uh, you can also move up and down based on, you know, righty-lefty. But this is just kind of a general view. So Fran Mill five. Him and S six. So Rosario seven. While playing second base, I know he's got some left field time. Undo all of this. You're probably talking a little bit tired. Completely blanked on Quan there. Uh, there's part of me that says, honestly, optimal lineup construction would be Quan leadoff. It would be. Sees a lot of pitches. He gets on base. He doesn't strike out a lot. Ramirez, two. Miller, three. Naylor, four. Reyes, five, six, Jimenez, seven, Rosario, eight, Hedges, nine, Straw. Now, just yesterday, I said, oh, I wouldn't move Straw down. But if you really want an optimal lineup, that's probably it, right? Like, it do a lot of speed at the bottom. It gives you a guy... Uh, your top two hitters, your your best two, like it just also the one to four there is just deadly at the top of the lineup. I, that's that's where I'm kind of leaning now. Having said all of that, like where are the definite holes? Well, if Miller's playing first and continuing to hit, like you just leave that be. Naylor, uh, you know, in right field, I'm okay running that out there. You got Quan and you got Straw, and Straw can kind of. Uh, shade himself into right a bit more because Quan can cover so much ground and left. So it helps make up for the bad defense with Naylor and right. Uh, it's, you know, catcher. Catcher is still the issue for this team. And, you know, I, I promised I'd talk about the Angels. So David Fletcher came back, didn't play well. He's not going to be on the IL for two months. Uh, I don't know if they're going to call on Rosario. I don't know if they're going to call on anyone. I don't know what you really would trade for with them for Joe Adele. But if you were to consider trading a pen arm, all of a sudden you might be something more amenable. Uh, you know, if you're willing to talk henches, hen- you know, especially because maybe you're selling on peak on henches. Maybe you feel like, I mean, now the Savant date on him is very good, so I don't know. I, I 
right now with this team where they are in terms of lefties, I wouldn't feel comfortable trading him. I'd be like, hey, can I interest you in a 30-odd-year-old Anthony Ghost? Uh, but, you know, the bullpen depth gives them a few more opportunities for those teams who are trying to make some upgrades, who are trying to compete this year. Uh, and, again, for the Guardians, it's like, honestly – you don't need to add a starter because your starting pitching waves are coming. Like Peyton Beatonfield, we talked about yesterday, Logan Allen, uh, Daniel Espino, these guys are coming. So you're not really going to go trade for a starter. Catcher, do you believe in Lava Seed or not? Like I had him in my top 10 prospects, but that doesn't necessarily mean it is a sure bet. Catching is so hard to figure out. I half jokingly say that, you know, this is the deepest. I'm not joking when I say this is the deepest college catcher crew group that I've ever seen. Uh, where I am joking is where I, when I say the Guardians should just draft a catcher in every round, and hopefully one of them will work out. Uh, obviously, don't have enough reps for that, but it is a deep class. It is an opportunity for the Guardians to uh, help with what is one of their weakest spots in the minors. Uh, David Fry is doing really interesting things in AAA right now. Just keep your eye on him. Uh, in addition. Uh, We'll have to see what happens. Like, depending on how COVID strikes, and I shouldn't laugh because, like, a lot of people have lost family members to COVID. I, I just have to laugh at the situation because uh, I don't really have a better response. But you might see a lot of players go on the COVID list, which might mean, hey, Oscar Gonzalez, here's your chance. David Fry, here's your chance. We might see some of these performers sooner rather than later. But if uh, we don't, what are the options? Like, who is playing well at catcher? Who are the players to pay attention to? Let's just talk about who is having a strong season right now in this very moment. Now, in terms of war, your top three war catchers, all a .9, Sean Murphy, JT Romuto, Wilson Contreras. Man, old friend alerts all over, or not necessarily old friend alerts, but players we have talked about heavily on this show all over. Wilson Contreras has a negative defensive value, but he's walking 10% of the time, striking out 18% unsustainable bat hit but he's got a 155 runs created plus he is raking in the early going real muto positive defense his runs created plus is below 100 and then sean murphy for the knocks on him i mean he is striking out 29.8 percent of the time his average is 211 his on base is 281 but his runs created plus is a 115 because he's got a 431 slugging strong defender his bat pip is below league average that could creep up He's, you know, he's a young enough player. There's a chance for him to grow into more. And he's been productive. Now a player I talked about, Austin Nola, uh, as a trade candidate before the year began, has been dreadful and has a negative war. But Murph, can can we make a trade for Sean Murphy that does not cost you one of the the penultimate prospects in this system? Uh MLB.com, I don't always agree with their ranks, but the one thing we know about their ranks is that it is a consensus-based system. You know, uh, not to say that Mayo and Callis, Mayo and Callis are some of the best who have ever done this. I'm not insulting them by any means. But what I'm saying is they do talk to a lot of people, and I, that also shows up in it. And sometimes it, it kind of works in a bit of a consensus board. Ooh, I just saw they released a mock draft. I haven't even looked at that uh it's just interesting when you see a mock draft because again they're so um they're so locked in you know they know they hear more than anyone else so let's just talk about like what could work for a sean murphy trade i'm just trying to get to the mlb list so i can see again what is the 
consensus board. My computer's being slow. We're going to do a quick pause and then we'll get back to this discussion. Okay, so it finally loaded. So what's interesting with this list is that it goes Valera, Espino, Arreyes. And I hadn't seen that in a while. Rocchio, Freeman, top five. Jones, six. Williams, seven. Allen, eight. Jose Tenya, nine. Angel Martinez, ten. All fascinating. You know, Stephen Kwan down to 15. Bo Naylor at 16. Want to drop for him. I mean, I dropped him as well. That's, that's, I, I agree with that. Uh, you know, I can already look at this list and be like, you know, Milan Tolentino is likely moving up. Jake Fox is likely moving up uh, for them. This is Xavier, or uh, Tobias Myers probably moving down. You can already see the, the players who are going to be moving around this list. Uh, and then you'll just have the graduates like Stephen Kwan at some, what, 150 plate appearances or 60 days. I can't remember exactly the day count. He's going to graduate off this list. Uh, so what would it likely cost? And it's like, which one of these top end guys, like, if I'm the Guardians, and this is no surprise to anyone out there, like, I'm willing to move Ty Freeman in the right deal because I feel like he's a second base only, and he's had a share of injury issues, and if he's healthy, you know, hit tool maybe gets attention, but it's like, just looking, it's like, is he enough? Does that intrigue Oakland enough? Do you have to do, like, Arias, Freeman, and then a third piece? Do you consider going down and offering someone like, you know, maybe Tanner Burns, where we know uh, Oakland values velocity and doesn't care about size, or maybe you come down a little further and uh, you're trying to <laughs> create more space on the forty man potentially? Could you see if it's like Ethan Hankins, who's uh, hurt, but you know, at some point this year would be activated? It just some some ideas, some things. I think the one thing we can talk about is like. I talked about how Nick, Nick Mikulajak is going to pitch for this team in the majors this year. as their top relief prospect, pure relief prospect. He's the 29th graded prospect on this list. Gabriel Rodriguez was a huge bonus player. And he's 30th. It's just the depth here means they can go out and make that trade. They can go out and find a way to upgrade what is their weak position. Wilson Contreras, like he's going to be significantly cheaper. What's the cost there? Like, Could they conceivably go out and get him? Cubs are currently 11 and 19. They're eight games out of first. The more games he plays, the less value he has. By the way, if you're not paying attention, Ian Happ, 284 average, 396 on base, 398 slugging, 15% walk rate, 23% K rate. His value is going up, but he's just a two-year guy. Happ Contreras would still be a heck of a trade for the Guardians right now. Those are actually the two best hitters. We're all, you know, the world... I was all I was all over Seiya Suzuki this offseason. I talked about how that was the free agent I would have loved. I knew there was probably no chance, but I would have loved to have seen them add. Uh, Contreras and Hap both are having better seasons. Contreras is a rental, so the cost should not be super high. But Contreras and Hap, like right now, you go out and you make that deal, and it transforms the Guardians. It does. It just completely transforms this team. Uh, and what they can do. Because let's say we go get Contreras and Hap. Let's talk about this lineup all of a sudden for the Guardians. You make that deal. So you definitely don't have Straw hitting leadoff anymore. There's no way. You probably, again, you, you go with Quan, And I would, just knowing the way uh, Terry puts things together, I would think probably Hap. Just because uh, he's not going to want to move Jose out of three. Jose is going to be in three. 
but it's like Hap or Miller there instead. Now, in all honesty, he probably keeps Straw one, even though he shouldn't. But let's just let's just pretend he does. Let's pretend it goes Quan. Let's pretend it then goes Miller, Ramirez, Naylor four, five Hap, six Contreras, seven Franmil, eight Jimenez, nine Straw. Think about that lineup. Think how good that lineup would be this year. Think about what this team could do. And again, these are not huge cost ads. Contreras is a rental. Ian Happ is a two-way guy whose value is creeping up the longer this takes. You know, either you're going to buy too early and he'll turn into a pumpkin or you're going to, you know, wait too long and the value is just going to keep creeping up. Where Contreras, the value starts going down because he's just a pure rental. So looking at that team and that trade that I've been discussing since, I don't know, November, like it just, it still makes the most sense. The Cubs... Uh, yeah, they went out and spent money, but they're not playing well. They're 11 and 19. They they're not a team that can sit back and be like, uh, you know, we're gonna turn the. Cor-. I don't think anyone expects that team to turn the corner. Carter Hawkins knows the Guardians' farm system better than anyone. You know, Jose Tenya is probably one of those names to know. He might be on pure talent, the highest ceiling of any of those infield prospects. If everything breaks right, I guess probably Arias just because the power. But Tenya, there's there is a not insignificant number of outcomes where he ends up being the best infielder of that group. And if you're packaging him with, you know, what what gets it done to get those two players right now? Is it is it Tenya and Freeman? Is that an overpay? Is it Tenya and because again I think it's important for this team if they're looking at stuff like this to to they have to also talk about their 40 man they've got to package players uh, if you're adding two you got to have two guys coming off what is the trade that makes sense but I think again all the trades out there right now all the potential ones what makes the most sense is still the Chicago Cubs Contreras and Hap and Hap worked heavily with Chris Vileka before he left. So I'm going to keep standing for this trade, not just because I've been talking about it for like almost six months now, but because it's still the trade after six months that makes the most sense. It is two players performing at a high level, uh, performing extremely well. And again, think about that lineup I talked about. Think about when, you know, let's say Framio completely turns it around and you're able to go Steve Kwan to... Owen Miller, to Jose Ramirez, uh, to Josh Naylor, to Franmil Reyes, to Ian Happ, to Wilson Contreras, to Andres Jimenez, to Miles Straw. That is a amazing lineup. And again, Contreras isn't going to be... It's It will be cheaper to acquire Contreras and Happ together than to get Sean Murphy. If you're just looking at prospect, you know, value and things like that, yes, you have Murphy for a long haul. But if you think Lavastida can be the dude, then this is the trade that makes the most sense because you're getting the short-term fix. You're getting uh, an upgrade for this year, and you're getting Hap for the next two years, which gives someone like Valera a chance to develop. It gives you an opportunity for some of those younger players to get a little more time in the minors and to prove themselves and... Yes, does it block someone like Nolan Jones? Terribly. 
but I'm I'm okay with blocking talented players if it means your team is getting better. And those two players really slot into some of the undefined parts of this lineup and make a lineup that is actually, I mean, that's the best lineup since. Let me know. Hit me up on Twitter at JeffMLBDraft. Let me know when that has been the best lineup since. Uh, rate and review. Download daily. That helps. I want to thank you for making Lockdown Guardians your first listen today and every day, wherever you get podcasts. Uh, go check out the Ultimate Cleveland Sports Show. That's tied to our network. Might even have uh, certain Locked On hosts appearing on it at points. Uh, just putting it out there. Uh, thank you all for listening, as always. I appreciate the love, the support, the feedback. And as we end every episode now, go, go, Guardians, go.